0: I'm getting to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our communities. What do they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there? And today, oh man, I have another special guest as we're now in season two here in 2021. And we're gonna talk to Shannon Mosley. And Shannon is the Chief Human Resource Officer at First Baptist Medical Center. She also, um, man, she's passionate. She's got great energy. Uh, We met back in uh, Dallas HR, and I am so glad to have you on the show. How are you doing today, Shannon?
1: I'm doing great, Bruce, and I'm so honored to be here. Um, This has been a long time coming, and and I'm just excited to be able to share my journey with you.
0: Oh man, me too. And I was going to also mention that you are also uh, I want to one of the things I really enjoy uh, doing is doing some research on my guests, and many of the guests I have on the show are people I know, but. You were actually recognized as a uh, by the National Women's Council as a top fifteen business women's award. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, that was truly an honor and and completely uh, a shock to me because uh, you never know who's watching, right? Um, such a blessing to receive that award. I've been associated with the National Diversity Council for for many years and um, have worked with uh, Dennis Kennedy and his organization and. Was so fortunate to be able to uh, kind of share about my background and um, you know just uh, have the honor of of being in the presence of so many wonderful, innovative women. So that was truly a, a highlight of my career.
0: Oh, man. Fantastic. Well, I've known you for uh, quite a while, and I admire your leadership. And I, I man, I'm ready to uh, get into some of the things we're going to talk about. You've now moved into a top leadership role as a CHRO. Uh, you have lots of, lots of uh, experience in talent acquisition. Um, so we're going to talk about a lot of that and also how we can really help the listeners and the viewers really get off to a good start Uh, in the new year. But before we do that, I would love for you, if you could just kind of share a brief highlight of First Baptist Medical Center and how you serve your customers.
1: Absolutely. So First Baptist Medical Center is tucked away at 75 and Meadow here in Dallas. And honestly, I hadn't heard of the hospital uh, prior to um, learning about the opportunity here. So the hospital has about 18 beds. It's a surgical specialty hospital. We do bariatric, uh, some spine plastic, and uh, we, have the, uh, we have the five ORs total, and we're looking to expand and, and have more physicians come do cases here. Uh, we're like a little family, about 100 employees, and um, it's reminiscent of, uh, you know, I, I would like to say uh, USPI days of old, where I came from, uh, where we had, you know, kind of a smaller company uh, feel, And uh, when I walked the doors, I felt like I was home. Uh, This hospital was uh, started by Dr. Alexander, uh, who is our lead bariatric surgeon. And uh, the the facility is beautiful. It's it's state-of-the-art. It's been open for about five years. And, um, you know, it's a a family, it's truly a family environment. And the patients are, of course, you know, coming here and and they are getting care to improve their, you know, their, their health and their lifestyle. And it's just, uh, it's fun and it's boutique,
0: and I love it. Oh man, that's fantastic! I love how you use the word home. Um, anytime someone says, "Hey, this like this is home," uh, that just tells me that they have joy, uh, joy in their career, joy in in what they're doing and, and leading. And so that's fantastic. Uh, listen, I would love to hear uh, you just kind of start off the show with the Shannon Mosley story and uh, just share a little bit about. <laughs> Hey, where did you, where did you grow up and how in the world did you get into talent acquisition and HR?
1: Right. Yeah, no, completely by accident is the short answer, but, uh, I, I'm a rarity. I'm actually a Dallasite, uh, which, you know, most people are transplants that you run into, but, uh, I grew up in Allen, Texas, North of Dallas, and, uh, uh actually graduated from Lake Highlands, uh, high school in Dallas, uh. Uh, at the time, Alan wasn't quite as diverse as I'd liked it to be. So I, I ended up at Lake Highlands. And then I went on to um, study at Texas Southern University in Houston. I had family in Houston. And uh, that was an incredible, incredible journey as well. I uh, majored in, in English, had a, a passion for language and reading and Shakespeare. And it was just a, a very fantastic time in my life. And uh, I uh, actually uh, met my husband through my kind of real first job recruiting and, and how I got into recruiting is, is I was working for an IT consulting firm as their receptionist while I was going to college. And uh, I knew that I would, you know, I wanted to of course uh, do more and, and, and land a job. Went to the branch manager and said, you know, um, I'd love to be a recruiter if you give me a chance. And he said, but you're a receptionist. And I said, no, I can do so much more. I said, if you give me a chance, I will prove to you that I can be one of your top recruiters. And thank God he took a chance on me. Uh, sent me to what was called the Registry University. And actually that's where I met my husband. Uh, we were uh, in the same class, right? He was uh, a recruiter as well. And so what brought me back to Dallas from Houston was him because he was living uh, here in Dallas. And uh, and so we worked together for a few years. And then I ended up uh, at uh, United Surgical Partners where I was the recruiter. Uh, I never really uh, – worked in healthcare before. I was doing IT recruiting, recruiting job developers at the time. Uh, it was the whole like Y2K scare. It was crazy. Um, and so I came into USPI completely green, didn't know anything about, uh, you know, surgery centers, you know, had to learn everything, actually spent four weeks in Valley View Surgery Center. And it, it transformed me in a way that um, I can't even put into words. I'd surgeries and I sat in every seat and that prepared me to be able to understand the needs of the surgery center and what type of talent they needed, uh, you know, from the front office to, 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 you know, the executive level position, got to know the doctors. It was, it was awesome. It was truly an amazing experience. And so from there, um, I was very fortunate to have a supervisor that, um, allowed me to grow along with her and, and her team. And I eventually became a director of recruiting and retention, and then um, my focus was on talent acquisition. Uh, I mainly focused on recruiting um, senior level uh, individuals uh, that were operators, our regional vice presidents, our CEOs of our hospitals, our administrators, all jobs that were crucial and critical to revenue generation at uh, USPI. Uh, I was there for 17 years, so you can imagine leaving was very hard, but. Uh, they're, my, they're my family still, uh, you know, tenant purchased USPI in 2015, so I have some tenant family now as well, but I accidentally got into recruiting. I literally was working at an IT consulting firm and just said, give me a shot and was blessed to have that that opportunity.
0: Oh, man, that that is fantastic. I love how you uh, talked about meeting your husband in recruiting. Uh, he re- did you recruit him or did he recruit you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he says I recruited him, but I say the opposite. So it's an ongoing argument.
0: <laughs> let me let me ask you this, um, and we're going to talk about mentors because I love how you talked about being under a, a wonderful supervisor. Whenever you're changing industries, I mean, recruit is recruiting the same. You just need to know that different industry, or what what is that difference, right? I mean, you're doing you're recruiting IT, and then you go into healthcare, right? So the fundamentals of recruiting, if
1: you're a good recruiter. Uh, are, are basic and they are the basic skills of being able to pick up the phone and cold call to find the talent that you're looking for. It's the ability to analyze the job description and truly understand what the needs of that supervisor is and, you know, dissect uh, their, you know, idiosyncrasies and, and, and kind of set the tone to let them know this is realistic, this is, a, this is a dream. It's really partnering and being a subject matter expert is the core of being a recruiter. Um, so that part, if you're good, uh, you can, you know, you can go anywhere. Uh, now I will tell you that, you know, clearly I stayed in, in healthcare because I have a passion for healthcare, mm. but also it, you know, it, me being at, in, in a role for 17 years, um, I really didn't honestly want to have to learn something new, you know, honestly, and at this point in my career, but I would encourage anyone who's younger in their career to not let that hold you back because recruiting is recruiting no matter what, if you're good at it. And if you, uh, you know, if you are practicing it the right way, you could do any industry.
0: Oh, man, that, that's fantastic. I love that. Because I know there's somebody out there listening right now that needed to needed to hear that. So I appreciate you sharing that. You know, you you mentioned that you uh, when you were at USPI, you were under some really good leadership or mentorship, or, you know, uh, even sponsorship. Um, talk about Uh, mentors that have helped you along your way? Because, I mean, that's one of the things I talk about when I talk about my career. I think I needed so many different people to help me, you know, get to where I am now. Uh, Who were some of the people that helped you?
1: Sure. So uh, when I joined USPI, my supervisor was the uh, VP over organizational development, Uh, Kristen Blewett. She's now with Shlom. And Um, What she did was she helped me to think outside of the box, become more strategic. Um, She taught me to look at situations and through various lenses, which was really key. Uh, Then I was very fortunate to have an opportunity to work for uh, Sandy Carmen. And you'll notice these are all my supervisors, but it it just turned out that way. And it all happened organically. And I don't think any of them knew they were really being a mentor to me, but they were. So Sandy Carmen uh, was the chief human resource officer for USPI and then tenant, and now she's at Kimberly Clark. And what Sandy taught me was to be driven, was to be goal-oriented, and was to pay attention to detail. Ensure that the information that I'm imparting to my uh, partner, to to my customer, is value add. Uh, that I'm thinking through and, and making sure that um, you know, as a, as, a, as having a seat at the table and being there with those leaders, that that I am definitely adding value. Or through my knowledge, you know, because there are things that I know through the talent acquisition lens that I need to impart, you know, to those senior leaders. So she was really key with that. Uh, and then Greg Miller, uh, who is now the SVP over at uh, Accent Care, he was my direct supervisor and, and uh, a VP of, of learning and development at USPI. And uh, Greg taught me a ton. He's, he's a professor, so he's a natural teacher. Uh, he helped me to learn more about uh, succession planning, talent management, coaching, mentoring, Uh, facilitating training. I mean, truly, he gave me every opportunity to grow. Uh, He also uh, helped me build a team of recruiters that started to help USPI in the field with their nursing uh, positions. Uh, Truly, Greg helped take me to the next level. uh, So I'm forever grateful for that. Um, Doug Esho, who was a a colleague, he was our VP of HR technology at USPI, also was one that uh, told me to go out of your comfort zone.
0: Mm.
1: Um, I I don't like to fail. No one likes to fail. Um, so, right. So I would always, in my conversations with him, I would be kind of closed off to, to new, new things and say I couldn't do things. And he would say, no, Shannon, you know, you, you don't even understand what your capabilities are, your potentials are. You know, you need to let go of, of that fear. So I thank Doug for that. Um, lastly, uh, I, I want to call out Kim Kunt. Uh She was the VP of, of HR at Tenet. And uh, I didn't report to her, she, but she and I were colleagues. Um, and, and what she taught me was also along the lines of strategic thinking and more around employee relations um, and how to handle really critical situations, those difficult conversations. So every single one of them poured into me and made me um, who I am, honestly, as a as professional. And I'm, I'm very grateful.
0: What a gift. I mean, when you think about that, you are, you know, one time in your career, you're a receptionist. The so next thing you know, you're the CHRO. And it's all of the in-between, right? That journey. Um, all of these different people teaching you how to be a thinker, to be goal-oriented, to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, wow, that is, that is, that's, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, as you're going through your career, you know, you're, you're, you're a recruiter, And then, you know, and then you go into healthcare and you're still recruiting. And now you're leading the organization uh, in in HR, serving the HR community. Um, Was there a time where you like said, I, I've been doing this long time. I know I love this because of this. Was there like a moment or some small moments that happened during your journey?
1: Sure, absolutely. I mean, many, honestly. Um, As I mentioned, going back to my USPI family, um, I became a confidant and uh, someone that our regional vice presidents and our market presidents would call upon when we were looking uh, at the workforce uh, as far as uh, who was uh, high potential, uh, just talking through strengths and opportunities for the the people that work for us. And so um, my epiphany really, as I started to grow into who I am today was the relationships, Bruce. It was the trust that they had in me, uh, the fact that they would call me and we would have these long conversations about, you know, coaching up uh, or or whether we have to coach out or um, we also had a leadership development program at USPI. So I spent a lot of time talking with them about these uh, MBA, MHA students and how to develop them. So, uh, and I just became more and more passionate. I felt like this was my life calling in a sense of helping people. So I'm Mm -hmm. helping my leaders and I'm also helping, you know, others, uh, that, that have career, career goals they're trying to reach.
0: Doesn't that feel good? I was actually thinking about, uh, whenever I joined, so I'm in relocation, uh, helping companies relocate talent. And I remember, uh, back in the mid nineties, when I joined the organization, I remember thinking this, and this is thinking small, by the way, um, Mm -hmm look at all the people that are teachers, doctors, and lawyers, and here I am moving furniture. And until I realized that it was so much more than that, I was helping people, people that were stressful at time in their lives. And whenever I start, like all of a sudden my perspective, it all changed. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love, and that's what I'm like you, I love to help people. And I love how you talk about the importance of relationships. Um, so you're so good at that.
1: Thank you.
0: Um, so, okay, so man, what a journey. And you know, you're just getting started. I, I <laughs> love that. Um, let's talk leadership. You know, what a year 2020 was. And I know, uh, you know, uh, many times, you know, that w- we need to look back in order to really, you know, move forward. You know, we're, we're working on our goals and trying to figure out how can we achieve business uh, goals in twenty twenty one? Just looking back, were there any were there any silver linings for you in twenty twenty or, or did you you know obviously you you you've changed to a new role? Any anything that you can take from twenty twenty into twenty twenty one?
1: Well, you know specifically, I'll call out um, community and I'll call out um, support. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being in this COVID situation has stretched us all in ways that, you know, we, we never thought were possible. But um, at both places that I've, that I've worked, uh, USPI tenant and now FBMC, I love the fact that we always kept an eye on trying to focus on our community within the, the organization, you know, ensuring that our employees were safe, um, ensuring that they have what they need. You know, tenant had a, a care fund uh, for employees that were adversely impacted by COVID and things like that. And then here at SBMC, uh, we make sure that we're looking into uh, uh, FICRA and ensuring that you know if someone is is impacted by COVID, that we're taking care of them. Uh, we want to to be conscious about being caring for our employees. So when I look back on 2020, was it was it a tough year? Absolutely. Being in this role and keeping up with COVID you know, uh, policies and, and the latest and greatest is tough. Now we've got the vaccine, but I have to take it back to COVID because even though it, it stressed us out and, and may have brought out the worst in some people, um, I absolutely feel like it, is, it was imperative for us to pull together. And so that sense of community um, is, is what I, I take from 2020 and just giving, you know, giving of, of ourselves,
0: supporting one another. And that is fantastic. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think that it was a year of check-ins. You know, I, I, was, um, I was reading a book by, uh, it was a Bob Chapman, Everybody Matters. And it talked about uh, interesting statistic. It talked about 88% of the people that surveyed said that their organization didn't uh, care for, you know, what they thought or how they felt or, you know, what they had to say. And I I was like, that's crazy. That number is so high. So I went to a friend who's a mid-tier manager and said, hey, um, I, I just read this statistic. What do you think about that? Is this number high? And they said, no, it's probably right on. And I said, well, why would you say that? And she said, because I've been through three months of COVID and I, I haven't been contacted by my leadership. And it really hit me. And so then all of a sudden my eyes were on who is reaching out and checking in? And when you talk about community, I mean that's that's a difference maker, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and in times of stress, you you really do get to see people for who they really are. Honestly, you do uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. But uh, luckily, you know, uh, I mainly saw the good.
0: Yeah, I heard John Maxwell uh, say once time: uh, leaders, great leaders, uh, uh, they they stand out during times of. Of crisis, and so I love that. You know, we're uh, one of the things I wanted to visit with you on today is, you know, in in, in this new role in this new year, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about how do you and how can we uh, provide the listeners some ideas on getting off to a great start. And I was just curious, you know, um, what are you like as, as a as a top leader in your organization? What are you focused on to really get off to a good start? You know, you hear presidents often talk about having a hundred day plan. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just curious what, what, what you do.
1: Well, of course, you know, uh, you have to have goals, right? I know that's pretty, pretty standard, but um, actually what, what we are doing here uh, is we're going to have a leadership retreat Hmm. and we're going to bring all of our, our leaders together. And we're going to talk about change management, goal setting, um, you know, just, culture, just ensuring that next year is is phenomenal. Um, so me personally, I, I do uh, tend to have some lists and I do write down ideas um, just throughout the day. Honestly, I, I just write down ideas of things that that I, I want to focus on. You know, in 2021, this job is brand new. Uh, it is a blank canvas and I cannot wait to dive in. I have a lot of uh, really great ideas, uh, if I can say that, to to help, uh, you know, this hospital to run even uh, more efficiently, work smarter, you know, make things easier. Uh, it, it's just going to be so much fun, and, and I cannot wait to, to dive into that. But yeah, I'll be, okay, look, I'll, I'll just tell you. So I'll be, you know, at home, and I'll think of something, and I will get on my phone and send myself an email, or, you know, back in the day, I used to uh, leave myself voicemails. Yeah. So I'm a little obsessive and I do think about work a lot, probably too much for my husband, but, uh, but even in my personal life, you know, it's about, um, you know, uh, making sure that you're being proactive and, and thinking things through. Uh,
0: I love that because I do the same thing. I'll, um, I'm getting ready to go to bed and all of a sudden I'm thinking about something and I'll send myself yep. an email or <laughs> I've, I've been driving down the road and called, my, <laughs> left myself a voicemail and things like that. Yeah. Uh, that is absolutely fantastic. Now, do you have a, uh, you know, for your team, I love the idea of this retreat. I mean, you're basically saying, hey, let's huddle up. Let's huddle mm-hmm. up. And, and that's what you're doing. And I, I love that. Do you have like a, uh, at your organization, do you have like a leadership development program or what? what does that look like? Right.
1: That's a great question. So, again, I just got here. This is, I've only been here eight weeks, if you can believe it. I feel like I've been here for two years, and that's in a good way. Uh, so, uh, as I mentioned at USPI, we had the leadership development program there. And, you know, this is a, a hospital with 100 employees, right? Like, they don't typically have uh, interns or leadership development associates, at least they didn't. And so that was one of the first things that I suggested and had the support of the CEO who also uh, came from USPI. And uh, of course, I, I'm well networked with, with my MBA and MHA uh, uh, students and, and so we were able to hire two. Now, is there a, you know, structured, buttoned up, um, you know, step by step program ironed out here? No, I've only been here eight weeks. But These young people that we brought on board um, were familiar with me through other connections, and so they kind of know uh, what our program was like at USPI. So we're we're essentially just having them rotate through different uh, departments, and it's been fantastic. They've been such a value add. We're getting the benefit of their brain, and of course, they are also learning a ton. So uh, do we have a formal program? No, but um, the hospital has been very receptive, and everyone. Uh, can't wait to work with our leadership development associates. So I'm so happy. That's another gift, you know, in a way that I'm bringing uh, to the hospital.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that, um, you know, just like, like you talked about, you know, just being able to huddle up, get everybody together, get everybody on the same page, move forward together. I know one of the things that uh, when I was taking my um, certification uh, back in, at Dallas HR, of course you were in that class b- back in the day and um, you know, one of the things I often hear, and I, I, uh, I would love to hear your comments on this, is that a lot of times um, different companies, or I might talk to some different people in the company, and, and they're like, yeah, my, my company doesn't really have that, or they don't really, they don't really train me. What, what do you have to say for that? Are there ways for people to not just rely on the organization, but are there some ways to skill up on their own?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm just going to be a parent for a second because I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, they ask me questions and I say things like, um, I'm not going to answer that because you've got Google, you've got mm. the internet, like you have the, every piece of information at your fingertips. So um, I'm going to use that same kind of analogy here, which is um, anytime I'm feeling like I need to, uh, you know, look into a certain skill that I may be lacking or, or read up on, on anything that is related to, to HR – type it into Google. And sincerely, there are a ton of free resources out there, Um, I found a course on kind of a quick course on HR 101 for like 149 bucks and you get all this information. I mean, so it doesn't have to cost a lot. Um, And so I'll tell people that, you know, you can't rely on your employer. It's not really their responsibility. Uh, to ensure that you're getting what you need as far as your career development. Now, they can help you, and if they're generous, they may pay for you to go to you know, a webinar or a seminar or whatever. Um, some companies also have the tuition reimbursement, which is awesome. But truly, it's, uh, you know, I think people make the mistake of like, well, my manager didn't you know, guide me. Well, a lot of managers don't even have that, that skill set to be able to guide you, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so it's up to you to, to take control of your destiny, you know, to be kind of corny, um, but there are books. You've got the internet. There's no excuse. Uh, there's so much information out there that whatever it is that you're looking for to do next, you can absolutely find your pathway.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I agree with that 100%. I love, I love the term uh, Google, uh, Google it. Um, that, that, no, that's fantastic it, because it's so true. I mean, there's just so, so much out there, but uh, it also, you know, when you talk about you taking that class, it took you having the courage to mm-hmm. sign up and go. You know, I, I had uh, Suzanne Myers on the show recently and she talked about in her new role, as a VP of HR, she noticed that a lot of the leaders were, uh, had, were reading the Wall Street Journal uh, because she worked for a public, publicly traded company. So she had never done that before. So she decided she was gonna start a discipline of reading the Wall Street Journal. And she said Very six hard. months later, all of a sudden she feels like she's part of that conversation. What about, uh, you know, i often talk about uh, momentum momentum. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, when we have momentum, we feel like we're like really moving along. And when we don't have it, we feel like we're just absolutely stuck. Um, What are some other things uh, that uh, people can do in the new year just to kind of get some momentum? You know, uh, you know, is it is it, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about skilling up? Is it networking? Is it what are just a couple other things that possibly people could do to, to just to get momentum.
1: Right. And it's a tough time. I'll tell you that's, uh, i talk to people about this a lot. So you already touched on it. I mean, honestly, as much as people probably hate to hear this, it truly is networking. Um, I'm very, very fortunate to have uh, a lot of different tribes of people in my life uh, professionally that I can call upon, uh, whenever I'm looking for information on, you know, how do I, dive into this or you know whatever whatever it is that i'm that i'm uh, inquiring about i have folks that i can tap on the shoulder in my network that can help me kind of put the the pieces of the puzzle together so i would just say use your network and that can be you know church it can be you know your schoolmates it can be whoever um your neighbors you just never know um there's a lot of like virtual groups as you guys know um there's a meetup and and all these other uh you know different types of, of mediums where you can connect with people that can help you. I mean, it's a lot of times a perfect stranger can help you, you know, and and it's awesome. I mean, we're, we're, we're so socially connected. There's no, no reason to not be able to find, uh, you know, what you're looking
0: for. I I love, I love how you shared that. Um, because, uh, I heard Steve Brown share this at the Sherm conference in 2019. And he said that everyone needs at least five people outside the workplace, just to Mm -hmm. network with, just Mm -hmm. to have conversations with just outside that workplace. And so um, I think networking has got to be part of that strategy because there's, especially like you said today, it's tough, right? A Mm -hmm. lot of people feel a case of isolation, especially people that are even working remotely. And so uh, networking can definitely give you some momentum. And I I share all the time. It's just a matter of just reaching out and just saying, hey, can you help me with this? Or I'd love to learn more about you or whatever that is yeah that's fantastic. oh man. Oh so uh, we're talking about you know you 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 lead a team, but I would love to shift gears just a little bit and talk about leading yourself. Um, one of the things I try to do is I try to pull out a practice from a leader, a high performing leader, uh, something that you do every day that helps you keep on track. Is there a discipline or a practice that you have that you that you do every day? <laughs>
1: Okay, so it's kind of silly, and this is the truth, uh, and it's a sticky note, and that's so like I know it's like uh, old, Um, but sincerely, uh, typically I will have many, many things that I'm trying to accomplish in a day, right? Um, Of course, now being in this role, I, you know, I get pulled into different meetings unexpectedly, which is totally fine. So usually, at the end of the day, is when I can start to reassess kind of what, how the day went, and and what I missed. So of course. From an electronic perspective, I'll go to my email and just make sure I answered everyone. And if I didn't, then I need to uh, let them know I'll get back to them the next day. And then I also honestly just take a sticky note, and anything that's a priority, I write it on there and I stick it on the computer because honestly I'm getting older, and um, I'm the type of person if I don't do it when I'm thinking about it, unfortunately it, it'll get buried because we are moving at lightning speed here at this hospital, and even you know USPI tenant. Uh, You know, I would get hit with multiple, multiple situations in a day uh, supporting different, different functions. Right. So, Bruce, I know it sounds really goofy, but it is as simple as from, from an email perspective going back through and, and, and I'm like, I'm very, very, very meticulous about getting back with people quickly. I believe in customer service. I do not like when, when I send someone an email and I don't hear from them for two or three days, that's not acceptable. Uh, if I text you, you better text me back right back too, because I'm on top of my customer service skills. I will tell you. Um, so it's the email, and then it's also as simple as a sticky note to ensure that I don't forget something that's very important.
0: Now, I, I listen. I appreciate you sharing that. I love that the sticky note, old school. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, here's what I find, and and this is what I find with you too. Uh, regardless, if it's a sticky note, if it, whatever that is, it's a system, right? You have created a system that allows you. To stay on track, regardless of what it is, and that's why I try to uh, share with anybody that's listening is that regard. It really, you know, I always use the term "find your lane," Um, and you have to find what works for you. And so I, uh, I love that, and I love how you talk about the importance of customer service. I once wrote an article about the uh, push, the push-pull. It was basically the push-pull approach, and 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 what it was this. Uh, or, or basically what it said was, uh, the people that push information, the people on the other end seem to think that, oh man, they are on top of their game. But when you have to pull information from people, like they're not getting back with you, all of a sudden you look at them a little bit differently.
1: Indeed, you do. I mean, I'm guilty. I, I know. I, I'm, I judge them. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <And> just, <laughs> i just have high standards i have high standards so,
0: yeah. i love it hey standards i i absolutely love that hey uh let me ask you this and the time is just moving along i want to ask you what uh have you ever been given any advice that was so good that you find yourself sharing with others in your career
1: yes um this kind of goes to to my, my female population out there, the women that, that I've come across in my career and that, that have been mentors and then those that I've tried to mentor. Um, so sorry, guys. I, I mean, this can go for you too, but, but it's kind of funny how I'm going to say this. So uh, for, for women specifically, when you're looking to do something different that you've never done before, say you're looking at a new job or, or you're looking to join a committee or join a board, uh, what women tend to do is they look at, at the job description or, or the spec and they say, oh, I can only do 50% of this, I, I probably shouldn't go for it. Whereas men will say, oh, I can do 15% and I'm going for it. Especially with the students that, that I've been involved with and mentored over the years, uh, I always tell them that, you know, don't look at it, the half, that's the half empty approach, like thinking what you cannot do. Um, I had to self-talk to even take this role Uh, honestly, to myself to say, you know what, Um, you can either learn or um, you can study and prepare yourself and you will do well, okay? Um, Don't be afraid to take that that leap. Don't let that doubt, that self-talk that we all have convince you out of your next phenomenal opportunity, because this has been a blessing for me, but I think that's meaningful and, and hopefully it resonates.
0: Oh man, that's so good. That's so good. You know, you mentioned, um, I I love that. Go for it. Uh, and and I've heard that before. I've heard that women leaders look at things differently than men. Men are looking at like, Hey, I'm going for it. And the women are like, can I go for it? And so I I love your message there. And when I look at you and other, uh, women leaders, uh, they're the people that they went for. And I have a lot of admiration uh, for anyone who just goes for it, you know um, you talked about failure earlier. I have a love hate relationship with failure. <laughs> <laughs> Me I mean, I hate <laughs> failing, but I love failure because I learn from failure uh, so much. Oh man. so um, so what do you what do you say to people that like okay, so let's talk about you know women leaders. Uh, thinking about not going for it because I might fail. What, what do you have to say about that?
1: Well, um, it's the old adage of, you know, it, you, you, you learn from failure, okay? Um, you learn what not to do, you learn what works, you learn about yourself as a human, honestly, and how you react to stress. Um, so it's a lot of learnings from failure. It, it's, it's awful when it happens. I mean, I am a total people pleaser, first born child, uh, and when I fail, I beat up myself so badly. It is the worst it, that little that little voice is like yelling in my ear. so no one likes to fail, but it is part of your journey it 's part of your process to get better.
0: Yeah, I will tell you that 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 's me too that's that 's one of my weaknesses. I want to please everyone, and uh, one of the things is so of course i 'm in relocation, and when you 're moving, uh, you probably know this well. And uh, not every move goes perfect and right. when they don't, even though if I didn't have anything to do with that, I feel so bad because I set mm-hmm. this high standard and these mm-hmm. high expectations. And it just really gets me. However, I'm better every time that happens. I get better right. and better and better, right? Yep. So I love what yeah. you, you said uh, about that. That's so important. Another thing you mentioned uh, that I caught while you're, you were making that comment is you mentioned that when you mentor others and so i asked you about people that have mentored you but you also uh mentor others too as a matter of fact uh, i was at a um uh, part of a dallas hr mentorship program and we have a mutual friend morgan who i was mentoring and then uh, i saw where she had a celebration and then you're you're back in the background engaging clapping celebrating so you were mentoring her too uh what what is it that you enjoyed most about mentoring
1: Oh, my goodness, where do I start? Um, first of all, I, 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 just like with my leaders, I, I get really close with, with the young people, that uh, the students that I've been so fortunate to mentor. I learn about them as a person, their family, uh, what drives them, um, just idiosyncrasies about them. I really learn about their personalities, and, and that part is so fulfilling to me um i get so much joy out of watching their their journey uh to, to 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 reach their dreams so uh the most special special thing is the fact that i still talk to a lot of them i mean morgan of course is is near and dear to my heart i just texted her the other day because it was her birthday um and i think it's and and I, I try to remember all their birthdays and i and i check in on them and uh, watch their progress but it uh it, it really does feed my soul uh to to see them grow and to know that some of those critical conversations that we had that were difficult uh, helped mold them into, into what they've become. And so they are all special to me. Every single one of them, they really are.
0: Oh man. I've got chills right now. You talking uh, about this because I know that that feeling when you talk about it, feeds your soul, it feeds your spirit. uh, Whenever you're able to help someone along the way that that's absolutely, you know uh, also just kind of stay on this topic just for a second a lot of times, I think you said that's at the first of the show too, is that, you know, we're also modeling leadership for people that we don't even know that they're watching us, right? Exactly. People are watching us all the time. And so it's so important that whenever we're, we're making decisions or, or we're deciding to skill up or we're deciding to connect, that people are watching how we approach that. Isn't that true?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's just like your kids are watching you, right? It's the same thing. I mean, you've got leaders watching you and, and your coworkers. And um, when you, you know, and when you're not even thinking that they're paying attention, it's
0: true. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Oh man. That's so, so good. Oh man. So let's go ahead and uh, we're going to shift into what I call it's time to accelerate as we kind of get close to the end of the show. And I like to ask a few questions to, to kind of uh, with the guests. And so first question, book or podcast,
1: well, I was an English major, so it's got to be book. Even though I love podcasts, I do listen to them in the car, and I'm doing one, but a uh, book, most definitely.
0: Oh, uh, fantastic! Do you have any like favorites, or I know uh, there's like you probably have so many. Any any one stick out?
1: Well, so I, again, back to my, my women. I, I just uh, read How Women Rise, and that is a that's mm. a great book. So I would I would I would say you should absolutely check that out.
0: How Women Rise. I will put that in the show notes. So if somebody wants to uh, check that book out, they, they can definitely yeah. do that. Oh man, that is so good. Hey, what energizes you?
1: Oh man, fellowship, friendship, um, just, and, and forward motion, uh, seeing the fruits of, of, of my labor and my team's labor is so fulfilling. Yeah. But fellowship is number one.
0: That's fantastic. You know, um, we are now into the you know first quarter of 2021, uh, but you know fourth quarter of 2020, everybody's you know getting close to Thanksgiving and Christmas, and everybody starts talking about gratitude. And I always think about how important it is all year long. And I would mm-hmm. just would like to ask you, what are you grateful for?
1: Uh, of course, my faith and uh, and my family. Um, I have a, a daughter Nia, son Xavier, my husband Derek, uh, and they are what I i do this for i do this for them um and i'm so grateful for my extended family as well but but i really do this for them um my daughter uh thinks she might want to major in healthcare administration so i you know like okay you won't be a nurse that's all right you could be healthcare administration maybe i had a little bit of influence um but sincerely it's my family
0: oh man i love that that's so fantastic I actually uh, was thinking earlier. I was thinking I need to connect my daughter with you as well. She's a registered dietitian. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I love that. That is fantastic. (laughs) Gratitude. I just did a a presentation on gratitude leadership, and um, as I uh, I called it, great leaders are grateful leaders. And when I look at your leadership, that's what I think of. Great leader grateful leader and so that's absolutely fantastic okay man this is the final question and uh this is one of my favorite questions that i like to ask and here's the question and the question is this shannon 10 years older she's like knocking at your door today and you open (laughs) that door what is she going to say to you
1: yeah she's going to say don't sweat the small stuff like let it go and and the future is yours. You know, you have to manifest what you want to do and it will become into a reality. Um, I used to keep a diary and I go back and I read it. And honestly, I was, I'm doing what I wanted to do. You know, that, that 20 year old Shannon, uh, that I I read that diary and I just, I smile because um, I was able to reach my goals and uh, I'm very happy for that. It's a blessing.
0: Oh, my gosh. Hey, I just have to ask you this. Do you still journal today?
1: I do. Not as much, because I have to admit, um, not as much. But I do try to, I I actually keep a a book for the kids where I I write special notes in there for them. Yeah. And then I I also just write down my feelings every now and again, Um, but not as much as I would love to. You know, that that English major in me would love to (laughs) to do it more. But, I, I, you know, we have a holiday coming up, so hopefully I can slow down a little bit and, and, and do
0: that. Well, that's fantastic. Listen, I so appreciate you coming on to the show today, sharing your wisdom and your perspective. You're, you're definitely driving in the leadership lane. Hey, uh, if someone wanted to like connect with you or get to know a little bit more about your organization, how, how's the best way they would connect?
1: Oh, of course it's LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I'm not that sophisticated to be like on Twitter and, and all that, you know, or, or Instagram professionally. Um, but LinkedIn, Shannon January Mosley, you can find me out there, and uh, everything's current, so yeah, if you'd like to reach out, please do. Uh, I have a wonderful network and, and love networking,
0: so yeah, I'd love to help people. Oh my gosh. Well, I will make sure to put that link in the show notes if you want to connect, and I just want to say again, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you, and, and most importantly, I just appreciate your friendship and, and the way you approach leadership that means so much.
1: Yes. No, Bruce, we've known each other for many years and, and I'm, I'm very honored again that you asked me to, to join your podcast and, and just wish you the best. Happy holidays.
0: Uh, awesome. I cannot wait to uh, share our conversation. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Take care.